Well, hello, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt, and we are here to help Christians make sense of the roots of their faith so that they would be able to reach out and help the Jewish people make sense of Jesus. And no more time is that important than what we're going to be talking about today. I'm here with my dad. Dad, say hello. Hello, hello. It's good to be with everybody today. Yes, it is. We have uh, survived what we call the Passover season. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think we just that came was, home and napped for a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a busy, busy time. But we know uh, we're getting word back from all over the country. People are listening to the podcasts and they're getting caught up. And uh, we just wanted to say, hey, thanks for having us into your homes, your basements, your churches, uh, your groups. Uh, we had a great time and can't wait to get back, back out there and do it all over again. Um, but we are going to, uh, we have a pause. This is something different today. And uh, today, as we speak, uh, today is Holocaust Remembrance Day, or what we call Yom HaShoah. Now, this is recounting uh, what took place in World War II. And this is a sober day for the history of Israel and the Jewish people. Why is that? Well, on this day, we remember the Jewish people who perished in the Nazi Holocaust between 1939 or so in 1945. And our goal in remembering this, this is, a, this is a tragic part of Jewish history, but it's not to dwell on the past event without realizing that, you know, there is a future for Israel. The event that took place in the past was really, we, we can look at this and, and realize this is uh, part of Satan's attempts to wipe out the Jews, and uh, that has been going on for thousands of years, ever since God said to Abraham, Abraham, I choose you. And when he said that, Satan said, okay, I choose him too. So the enemy of God is the enemy of God's covenant people, and he has endeavored through anti-Semitism throughout the ages to negate God's covenant calling of the Jewish people. Yeah, and you, you look at this, and I mean, the Holocaust uh, was and has remained a focal point in uh, Jewish remembrance, and you know, all throughout the history of our people, we have gone through different atrocities. There have always right. been leaders and world you know, events that have taken place that, you know, the enemy has always gone through man and tried to destroy. And uh, God continues to be faithful to his people. Now, don't get us wrong. Um, there have also been hor horrible, horrible genocidal attacks on other people groups. And e even saying that, though, it's not quite the same as the Holocaust. The Holocaust really stands alone in world history. And, and one of the reasons is that the hatred hasn't stopped. Um, really, anti-Semitism still hangs over the Jewish people today. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a threat of anti-Semitism that is still there, and uh, one one of the you know modern-day classic examples of that is Iran, Old World Persia, who are rushing toward a nuclear weapon, and uh, its stated purpose is to wipe Israel off the map. And uh, even that, even lately, I, I heard in the news the Ayatollah. He's saying, "Get rid of Israel." They are trying to, and that that is the heart of their people is move them into drive them into the depths of the sea. The yeah, Mediterranean and, sea. and what is remarkable is that there is nobody in the world that is stepping up to stop their nuclear program. Uh, in fact. Uh, 
you know, we're kind of negotiating with them and, and giving them a green light for everything they want to do. But as we look back and remember the atrocities of the Holocaust, we also look forward, you know, regardless of the threats that are out there now, we look forward to God's prophetic word with regard to his people and his land. Yeah. So we're, we're going to look at this in, in a couple of different places. Um, and, and we've said, like, Passover is one of those holidays that really illustrates this idea. And and this is, if, if this is your first time joining us, we, we look at Scripture as a two-act play. We have all of the Jews in the world basically bought tickets to a two-act play, and they saw the first act and they left the intermission while all of the Christians uh, bought tickets to that same play, but they got there late. They showed up at intermission, crossed the Jews in the lobby, and they saw the second act. And what we're going to do is we're going to look back, and there is there is description. There are things that are, are in Scripture that are plain as day if you look at them, if you have eyes to see. And we want to look at what, what was going on there. And then what is God up to today? And, and how this manifests itself, and then even looking on into the future, right? So uh, as we're looking at this, we have historical events of biblical proportions that are unfolding before our very eyes, and we're really at a tipping point in world history and biblical prophecy. And you, you see the teeter-totter. It's, it, we're really like there. It feels like we're on the cusp of something. You know, Ezekiel spells this out in a tremendous way in, in a prophetic scripture that actually was written 2,600 years ago. And we're living in an amazing time where we can see things unfolding uh, right before our very eyes in the lives that we live today. Uh, and I think maybe the most significant prophecy of our day is a spiritual awakening that is coming in Israel. Ezekiel told that these events that we're witnessing today, he told of them, as I said, thousands of years ago. And in Ezekiel 37, he talks about a prophecy of a valley of dead men's bones, dry bones. Yeah, he's looking at it and and he's he's saying there was once life here, but now there's nothing but death. Um, and I, I have to wonder if Ezekiel's looking at this, if God is giving him a vision of even the Holocaust here, that you have these bones, these mass graves. But let's dig in just a little bit here. In, in Ezekiel 37, verse 11, it says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Yeah, this, this dry bone state has characterized our people for the last 2,000 years. And uh, I think like, like most prophecies, many prophecies, this one has a very far fulfillment. And I don't know that uh, Ezekiel was looking toward the Holocaust when, when he penned these words at the instruction of God or voiced them at the instruction of God himself. But like, like any prophecy, you know, it doesn't become clear at times until much later in the history of the world. So, you know, this is, this is something that uh, I don't know that Ezekiel had a vision of, but uh, he is definitely writing what is going to be taking place and he's writing about uh, the fact that uh, the whole house of Israel is the bones are dried up and our hope is lost and we are cut off. And, and even as you look at the Holocaust, 
six million Jewish people's lives were lost. At the time, there were about 15 million Jews, Jewish people worldwide. Yeah. And it's taken us all the way up until today. We've probably just hit about 15 million people yeah. again. Yeah, maybe a little bit over, maybe 16. Uh, latest statistics, I think. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, one third of the Jewish population was wiped out in that Holocaust. Um, you know, and it's as if Satan, you know, is just trying to get every last Jew that he can, because if he can do that, he can extinguish the covenant that God made with Israel. So uh, what we're going to call this uh, episode of the podcast is, Can These Bones Live? Hmm. And y- you have you have this through line throughout the biblical narrative of dead things coming to life. Will these things come to life? You, you have even the the matriarchs of Genesis, they're all barren, right? Can, can they actually give birth? And you have Israel being wiped out. You have these different rulers in Babylon and the Chaldeans, and they wipe out Israel. And all of a sudden there's the stump of Jesse in Isaiah 11. And can there be life um, out of what appears death and something we can't overcome? And you start to see these glimmers of hope over these last really 150 years, but it was 1867. Uh, Mark Twain, he went to Israel, and later he wrote a book. Uh, the book was called The Innocents Abroad, and he looks out over Israel. And And what's real fun is going to Israel and reading bits of Mark Twain as you see the beautiful land. But this is what Mark Twain saw in 1867. He says this, A desolate country whose soil is rich enough, but has been given over wholly to weeds. A silent, mournful expanse, a desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life in action. We never saw a human being on the whole route. (laughs) There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. Even the olive and the cactus, those fast friends of the worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. So we come back to the question, actually, can these dry bones live in that kind of an environment? Yeah. Amazing for, well, at that point, about 1900 years, Israel had been out of the land. And uh, can, can these dry bones live? And it's a question that has divided the church throughout the ages as well, I think. And even probably divides believers today uh, seemed impossible as our Jewish people were scattered to the four corners of the earth, uh, how these bones would ever come back together and live. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I really love reading in Israel is when we go to Masada, and we'll, we'll bring Masada up a little bit later, but uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, you know, they're about to go into the promised land. And uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 1, um, Moses is about to tell them the blessings and the curse, and this is what will happen if you follow God's ways and you do what he says, and this is what will happen if you don't. Uh, but in verse 1, it says, And when these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, where he has driven you, and return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey his voice in all that I commanded you today, with all your heart and with all your soul, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you. He will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will take you, and the Lord your God will bring you into the land 
that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it, and he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. You know, that that really kind of brings us right up to the present day. And, uh, you know, if we go back to Ezekiel chapter 37, we should take note of the fact that God is commanding Ezekiel to speak in his name. And this is really significant because whenever God creates, he speaks. And here he's commanding Ezekiel to speak as God's mouthpiece. And so he says in Uh, chapter 37 and verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And uh, so, yeah, just as Moses had warned, uh, Israel would be scattered if they came back to the Lord, that uh, he would bring them back into the land. And so, we, we see now out of the ashes of the Holocaust in a land that was barren and desolate and against all odds, the nation of Israel was reborn May 14th, 1948. But uh, there's, as we look at that, there's even more because in verse eight, he says, and I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath, no spirit in them. God takes this desolate wasteland and he makes it fruitful again. And it's it's really unheard of that when God brought the Jewish people back in 1948 that Israel would become one of the most prosperous and prolific nations on the planet. You look at certain things like they're the number one exporter of fruit in Europe. You'd never think. And how big is Israel? Oh, about Say, the size of New Jersey, New about 8,900 square miles. Right. Or I've, I've heard Lake Erie, right? Yeah. I've heard that there are ranches that in Texas that are bigger than the entire country of Israel. Yeah. And yet uh, in that small little place, they export over $1.3 billion of agricultural products to the world every year. Yeah. And we could go on and on, but God is surely blessed. You have the entire tech sector that comes out of there and really a lot of the technology. You have all these movements across the world with boycotts and divestments and sanctions. And it gets really hard if you're going to try to cut Israel out of things because they are so entwined and have given so much to the world. Yeah, I think they're the number eight economy in the entire world. Yeah, that's today. amazing. Well, and there's no other explanation for the preservation and the restoration of the Jewish people and the state of Israel as a nation except for the providential hand of God. Yeah. Right? But is this really, in the end, is this what God wanted to achieve? Um, Israel is back in the land and there is flesh on the bones, but God's not done. There is an even greater event to come, an an event that's greater than 1948. Yeah, in verses 9 and 10 in Ezekiel 37, um, Ezekiel said, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And he's talking about breathing on these dry bones. They've come together, there is sinew on them, but there's no breath in them, there's no spirit, there's no life. And Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, 
and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And what is really remarkable here, the words that Ezekiel uses in the idea of creation and the breath coming, uh, the same words, they're the same words that God used in Genesis chapter 2 when he breathed life into Adam and Eve in the garden in creation. The breath that is breathed into these dry bones is no less an act of creation as what took place in Genesis. We have here again as Israel is having life breathed back into them, we have a really a creation account. That's what this is. Well, you look at even a word like the universe. Universe is made up of two different words, right? Uni and verse. Uni meaning single, verse meaning a spoken word. So God speaks creation with a single spoken word. He says, let there be, and there is. And now in the very same way, he's telling Ezekiel, I want you to say, let there be, breathe life into these flesh and bones that were formerly dead bones. Now they're going to have life. Let me, let me hit verses 12 to 14, because this is where it really finishes out. And this is the vision of the future. It says, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Remember Deuteronomy 30, right? Mm -hmm. I will place you in your own land, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it declares the Lord. This this is such a an illustration because here we we have the dry bones and the dry bones coming together and we almost have a, a somewhat of a break in modern history here because we're waiting for the fulfillment of all of these things according to what Ezekiel is prophesying here, which is a spiritual awakening amongst the people of Israel. And this is where we are in history today. This is exactly it. We have seen it. We have seen the dry bones come together, and we're on the brink of a spiritual awakening in Israel. It is really remarkable. Uh, People say that, uh, boy, I wish I was living in Bible times. Well, you are. You're living in Bible times today. Yeah. So the dry bones have come together. We're, we're on the brink of this spiritual awakening in Israel. And Israel has returned to the land, but the, the Israel has returned to the land in unbelief. It's, it's the flesh and bones. But the next, the thing that we're waiting for is a pouring out of the spirit of yeah. God upon his people. Yeah. And Zechariah told us that that would happen at a particular time in history. He will pour out uh, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem and on David the uh, grace and supplication and look, those who look unto him whom they have pierced, he will pour out that spirit. And, uh, you know, that day is coming. It's off in the future. I don't think it's very far in the future, but there are seven years of tribulation to go to that we know. So there was a tribulation in the Holocaust, what some... 70, 80 years ago, and we're looking forward, well, we're not looking forward to it, that's a bad word, it's, it's coming, a greater tribulation, though the good news is there will be a remnant of Israel saved out of that. Yeah, you look at uh, what, what happens, and, and on a day like today, um, you, if you go to Israel, I remember being in Israel for the very first time, 
Um, and I, well, not my first time there, but the first time I was there during Yom HaShoah, and uh, really the entire country stops. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, you know, I, I think the siren goes off about 10 a.m. Yeah. And if you're driving on the road, people pull over and get out of their cars and they stop right there and have that moment. Uh, I remember I remember watching uh, one gal pull to the side of the road. Uh, she was with the Israeli Defense Forces. She was part of the IDF and uh, got out of her car and stood there and saluted during that time when the sirens went off for Yom HaShoah. Yeah, I, I remember being in a bus and I didn't know mm. that it was going to be Yom HaShoah and the sirens go off. And it, I mean, you can have sirens go off for lots of different reasons in Israel. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, all the, the buses, the cars, everybody pulls over and our Israeli bus driver, he got out of the bus, he took off his hat yeah. and he stood there yeah. and was weeping. Yeah, And there's not... There's not anybody in Israel who hasn't been affected or impacted sure. in some way yeah. by the Holocaust. I mean, there, there are people that had, there are survivors there. Um, mm -hmm. There are people who were part of the righteous Gentiles who were there. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a day of remembrance. We have yeah. our Memorial Day. It's coming yeah. up, but <clears throat> we barbecue. Yeah. Well, you know, and even our own family, um, we lost so many of them in Eastern Europe to the Holocaust. Yeah. You know, Bubby and Zadie brothers and sisters from Lithuania and Poland and that whole area were, you know, wiped out. Uh, I, I remember when we were in Israel, uh, one of those times, I think we were in Jerusalem at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, Sepulchre and uh, our guide Yehuda hmm. knew that the siren was going to go off. It was Yom HaShoah. And he turned to the group and, and said, I can't talk to you or answer any questions. We have to be quiet for, for a moment. So, you know, you can do what you want, but this is, this is what I have to do. And I remember saying to him, Yehuda, we will stand with you. We're remembering also. Yeah. He, he thought like, Hey, I need to go off to the side and take my break. Yeah. Um, but that, that is one of the reasons why we show up, why we're there, why we stand in unity with the people. I, I just think it's interesting, too, when you look at Ezekiel 37, um, this toward the end, what we just read, verse 14, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and then you will know I'm the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it. Um, how many times throughout Israel's history over the last 2,600 years since Ezekiel penned these words, did Israel look at a verse like that and say, there's no way. How is that possible? When Babylon comes in and, and takes them out, when the temple is ransacked in Rome, it, are they looking and are they thinking, we're, we're getting kicked out of our land? It, you know, it, it, there must have been some sort of a parallel in thought here when Nehemiah went back to rebuild um, and, you know, bringing the people back and here... You know, we kind of have a parallel repeat performance, even greater, that is going to take place in the days coming when the people are going to come back. Well, this is not a fortuitous event. Um, this is God. God knows and God sees. Here's here's where I want to land this. Um, one of my favorite parts on a trip to Israel is going to Masada. Um, I don't enjoy going up the snake path, but I do it every time. Huh. 
Um, except for the time that I did it twice in one day, but that's a whole nother story. I'm going up next time. You are. Yeah, we. you were not in good shape last yeah, time. Well, I just got out of surgery. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we'll get you up there, even if I have to throw you on Kate's back. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, thank you. No, thank so you I'm, very I'm not, much. I'm not going to take you up. But when we get up there, uh, we go into the synagogue, and uh, in 1949, as archaeologists are going through um, and really, this is the first time, like after Israel has become a nation in 1948, now you have all of these findings that start to be unearthed. And in the scriptorium, that's where they kept the Torah scrolls, in the synagogue in Masada. And I don't know if you know this, but the, the progression of Rome's takeover and ousting, and the, we always talk about the, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, but before that... There was a place called Gamla up uh, northern Galilee that was destroyed in 67 AD. And then they go to the temple and then you have everybody running out through the Judean wilderness and they finally get out to Masada and you have the Roman general Silva and for nine months they try to take down Masada. Uh, And Masada doesn't fall until the year 73 AD. So it's three years after it's an incredible story if you've never seen it there's a movie about it which but i just mm-hmm. the the story is an incredible story and what they unearthed in 1949 were scrolls and the idea is that you know when you look at you know i'm looking at my bible right now if i close it you don't know what i just read you had no idea that i'm sitting here at ezekiel 37 yeah. if you have a torah scroll a scroll you roll it up and you can open it up and now you see what the last section was that they read They found two scrolls in particular. One was Deuteronomy 30, I will bring you back into the land, and the other one was right here in Ezekiel 37. Wow. You think that they knew how to cross-reference back then? (laughs) (laughs) I think that that was their hope. I think that that was their hope. And they had nine months to think about it, right, As, as Silva's coming and years before that with Roman occupation. But imagine being those people, and they're about to lose their lives, many of them, uh, and and their country and their nation and and they're wondering is God going to do it? Imagine being one of those archaeologists in 1949, and you open the scroll and oh, immediately wow. you're ported back to that first century. And Amazing. Now, and now you're on the other side of the Holocaust, other side of World War II. Yeah. You're on the other side of the independence of the nation of Israel, yeah. and you have to start to believe maybe God is faithful. Maybe God is going to put us in our land, he has, and maybe his spirit will be put in us. You know, for for those who have accepted Yeshua, who believe in him and follow him, he has put that spirit in us already. Uh, we, we pray for our Jewish people and that uh, they would likewise come to him before the great tribulation that is coming upon this world. Um, well, today is... Uh, Yom HaShoah it is Holocaust Remembrance Day. By the time you hear this, it will probably be a day or two after that, but that's okay. Um, well, it's okay. You know why? Because we're looking back and we're remembering, but we've got a lot to look forward to as we look at these prophecies and the prophetic word and concerning Israel. And, uh, you know, there's something that we ought to recognize just before we close here is that uh, the nations are aligning and God is going to be faithful and he's going to bring his nation, his people, his land to the exact fulfillment that he promised that he would. But everything that we see in the headlines today realize that God is not concerned about the nations and what they have to do with one another. 
the concern is what the nations do as regard to Israel. And that is where biblical prophecy takes place. That's good. All right. Well, that's it for today. Uh, we, how long did you say this was going to go when we first started? About 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, there you go. We doubled it. We're, we're incredible. We're overachievers. Well, we're Jewish. We talk a lot. Yeah. What do they say? Uh, Gentiles leave and never say goodbye, and Jews say goodbye and never leave. <laughs> and we're still that's, here. That's it. Yeah. The longer we talk. Noah, who is listening to this right now, trying to edit it all, saying, wrap it up. Land it already. Cockshit. Yeah. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. Cockshit noise. That's all right. Cockshit noise. Cockshit noise. It's a Yiddish word. It means enough already. Yeah. You shut your not hammer. A, not literally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we love uh, taking the journey with you. And uh, feel free to check out things on the website at thejewishroad.com. There you'll see other podcasts and blog posts. We even have a course up there and all kinds of fun stuff. You can also follow us on social media at The Jewish Road. So we're going to get into some new stuff and some good stuff on the next podcast. So stay tuned. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave us a comment, and even shoot us a message and say, hey, why don't you talk about this? And uh, maybe we will. All right. Okay. So until next time, my name is Matt and we say Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Yeah. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, especially these days. Shalom. <laughs>